Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and the Big O visited my house last week, and I'm not talking about Oscar Robinson. Big O. Okay. I'm going to write that one down. And hello, everybody. I am the Champ. Welcome to 2022. And I want to know, Chief, if you've noticed the MLB website. If I've noticed the MLB website? No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So go on there, and okay. all listeners, go on there. Take a look. They don't have pictures of current players right now because of this whole CBA. Everything is past players or um, talking about the Hall of Fame. But um, the website is taking down pictures of, of all current players. Huh. That's interesting. I did not right? know that. Is that yeah. something they you get a lo- You get a lot where this is headed. Do? Is that is that Again? like a? Is, I guess that's not a rule. They they could put, right? Well, I wonder why um, they're doing I, that. Uh, I I think this is going to be a strong armed negotiations. I I think this is really part of the commissioner and slash the owners, all they're doing, right? Because players haven't struck yet. It's it's just been locked out by by the owners. Wow. Okay. That's yeah, so we'll talk about that more in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Huh. What's the big O? Omicron. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it, it hit our house last week, and Christy and I are just getting over it. I, I'm, I'm over it the past couple of days, but it took her a little longer. And, yeah, so there you go. The big... Every, everybody's doing well, though, right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah, doing well. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's out there in the world, right? This is this is a world's issue. Yeah, it's also an issue in Lancaster, where where I am. Yeah, and is it I, really bad? Uh, I had I had it the same symptoms I had when I had my first shot: fever, thirty six hours, aches, pains, you know, coughing, stuff like that. And but the the aches and pains lasted a little longer than when I got my shot. You know my vaccination okay. shot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but you, yeah, you also said that it's, uh, it's it's a thing in Lancaster. Is it really bad in, in in your area? Yeah. Well, the Amish believe that it's not even real, so that's a problem. Yeah. And yeah, it's there's not a lot of masking going on. It, it, remember last was it last year when Wolf shut down restaurants and bars like two weeks yeah. in that Christmas time. Yeah. The, the only things that shut down in Lancaster County were chains. Everything else stayed open. Mm. That's where I was. I was so annoyed. Like there was just, yeah, there were restaurants that are local that were open. I felt like walking in and start smoking cigars. And when they tried to kick <laughs> me out, thinking, "Well, you're not even supposed to be open." So what the, what, what are you gonna call the cops on me? <laughs> Your own incivil disobedience. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I so, guess to be uncivil, not incivil. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I and uh, and I'm thinking like. All I wanted one of them to say is I could get cancer secondhand. I'm thinking you you got a better shot at dying from this virus than you get secondhand cancer from a cigar you've been sitting next to for 15 minutes. That, that, there you go. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, Lancaster County's pretty. Uh, yeah, they don't follow the rules as much, and I'm not sure. That, I mean, I mean this thing's so rampant. I, I mean, I could have got it anywhere, so whatever. But anyway, it was a pain in the neck. And I'm okay now, so good. Good um, to hear. Yeah. So it, we've 
it's been a month since we've been on air, right? Yes. Yeah, it was Christmas, the day after day Christmas. Day after Christmas. Yeah. Um, so we got some Bush League news, news to kind of deal with and some baseball news, and we got some other things lined up for you this morning. Uh, first thing is the Bush League website launched. Yay. What did you think? I love it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, all I, right. I appreciate the, all the hard effort and the, that you did to get this thing up and running. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I use Google Sites because it's it's free um, and it, it makes a lot of the design decisions for you. Which is cool. um, I am by no means any sort of web ep, uh, expert, and I'm still trying to figure out the whole permissions and publishing um, of the website. But for now, I've kind of broken it down into a few different areas. You know, the home page, which I'll have um, the more recent articles. Um, like the commissioner's article um, from from Casey, and so far um, we have articles from from Bill and Bob Freeze, and we're also going to put um, your article in um, in the next couple of weeks. But I've tried to add some some pictures, some some baseball topical things, um, owners' pictures, <laughs> um, standings. Uh, histories and, 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 you know, the rules of the Bush League and also a link to the podcast. So um, I'll continue to add content. I encourage anybody that um, particularly the, the original five Bush League members to send me as much content as, as possible. And um, I'll, I'll continue to add it to the website. Yeah. Um, you got our picture on there. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. And, uh, hey, real quick. So you only got end of year letters from – like four people. Yeah, I knew that was going to be. Yeah. So yeah. so let's see. It was um, it was um, case, and then I'm putting them, adding them in the order that they were received. Okay. Bob Freeze, All right. um, Bill, and yours is to be published, and then mine will be published after that. So okay, I, good. I guess those five. All right. Um, yeah, that sounds good. And then you're going to. We we talked last week or last month about the 1984 Bush League standings and stuff. Are you going to put something like that out there? Yeah, um, that should be. Uh, let's see here. Um, if you go under um, the section of history and and rules, um, I should have the Bush League reports out there. Um, although I don't know if I do, so I'll I'll double check to, okay. to make sure. But I'll put the 1984. But it's 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 kind of a classic, um, it's kind of a classic r- r- report in that um, you, me, Bill, Tom, and and Bob Kreft, the five of us in 1984, using a typewriter, had typed up some some, some articles. So it's it's, it's uh, using it's a what? reading that's worth it. A typewriter. A, a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I probably did do that. Um, yeah, that's funny. All right. Actually, I lied. I lied to you. It's it's actually out there under the standings section, the 1984 Bush League report, which has a picture of a of a Bush beer label on, yeah. on the front cover. Yeah, I remember that. Ah, oh, very cool. All right. Um, and then the other thing too is, if anyone has old reports, get scan them and and send them to Jamie and I. Because we're going to start collecting these things and see if we can get a, a running history. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I would ask everybody to dust off, get, you know, go down in the basement, dust off right. the boxes, lift up a few things, put your back into it, and uh, and look for these things. Yeah. Um, all right, so we, we, we still had a March 5th uh, tentatively in-person winter meeting. Yeah, I, um, I, I think there hasn't been anybody. I, I think Bill is the only person that said right now that he couldn't make it. I'm assuming that it might be difficult for Sam being at State College. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, uh, assuming no big O, that we're, um, we're, we're a go for March 5th, now I would just ask all owners, where would you like to go? Where would you like to meet? So I'm leaving that open, and we can discuss it on our next podcast. All right, sounds good. Yeah. And it looks like we are tentatively scheduled for March 26th for the draft at the Hilton Garden Inn in Hershey. Um, uh, we, we had some responses this week from people saying, yeah, they're in, they like that idea. Um, and then you're going to get back with us this week to hopefully get a code so we can start register, you know, reserving a room that kind of, yeah. Right. So I need to sign the agreement, um, locking down the, uh, the, the room for the draft. I need to do that this week. So we, we're going to be good there. And then, um, I will reach out to my contact at the Hilton Garden Inn. Um, I think the rooms this year are going to be a little bit more. They're going to be like 124 a night. And the reason for that is that there's obviously more activity out there, and there's a PIAA championship event that weekend. So um, I would I would ask everybody, if you have an idea that you want to do it, let me know if you want to stay there, and um, I'll get the code from the hotel so that we can – book these reservations and I don't think they you're charged obviously until the 26th but okay it's probably better to do it sooner rather than later yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, hey just as a side note um I will not have a trunk full of liquor this year as I did last year so don't please don't expect that or okay well what about beer I mean yeah yeah, yeah I'll have beer welcome. but remember last year I had all that all that liquor from my my uh stepmother <laughs> from well, our friends is, is, trying this, to get rid this, of this stuff this decision that was that was free liquor, but you could still bring some to us. Yeah. You well, no. Out of I'm your not, own pocket. No, no, no. No, I'll bring beer for no? myself. Uh, maybe I'll, I don't know. Let me think about that. Maybe I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> now that I'm a beer connoisseur, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll pull some stuff off and, 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 and bring it with me. To... There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. That sounds good. And it looks like we can, it, we'll have the same rules. Uh, we can bring our own stuff in. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next on the on the Bush League is uh, did you re- renew that CBS website yet? Um, not yet, because I had emailed them for a second time. Uh, because currently the website says that um, hey, please renew your fantasy commissioner now. In previous years, they have provided a date. Um, so I emailed them again, and this time they gave they came back to me with a drop dead date uh, for the early bird pricing um, for February 24th. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and renew the website in the next uh, next two weeks because I think there's a couple things. Number one, we haven't done any research to move it, and number two, we just like to bitch about it and <laughs> how bad CBS is. So it, okay. it works on both. All right, yeah, 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 yeah that helps. Um... All right, that sounds good. And then we're kind of waiting on Bob Kirk and Bill to talk about a Bush League trip in 2022, kind of seeing their thoughts. Maybe we'll get more clarity um, when we meet on the 5th of March. 
Yeah, I guess at, at, at this point right now, where would they like to go? Um, and then we can decide, you know, what, what are the possible weekends? And then the last piece of that is whether it's going to be baseball this year. Yeah, there'll be baseball this year. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, so that, that's interesting. We're going to talk about that. All right. Um, and we, we need to get with Bill. And Bill, reach out to us if you, if you, uh, if you, if you updated a, a 2022 running goal. Since you knocked out that 1,000 miles pretty quickly, well, relatively quickly, you had some time to spare. I'm just curious if you're going to, you know, kind of push yourself a little bit and see if you can uh, get further than Ames, Iowa. Speaking of uh, running or updates, um, what about you on the push-up update? What's going on there? Yeah. I think your goal was 100 push-ups a day for the entire year. Uh, I, well, I kind of settled on 30,000 for the year, which is about 80, I think, for the um, – Okay. Per day. Uh, right now, I am – and I had some – and I hadn't done push-ups in a long time, uh, probably 18 months. And then I had the Omicron thing. So right now, I'm at 1,205. I'm at 1,205 push-ups for the month of January. Um, the last few days, I've been hitting between 130 and 150 a day, trying to catch up that, a little bit. Trying to catch up? Okay. Yeah, and just I'm, – I'm trying to push myself to see how far I can go right now you know what i mean so pun intended right <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so i i i think if i stay motivated doing 80 a day is not going to be an issue so i might yeah, you can do it yeah yeah it'd be pretty easy well you know what i mean if i can stay motivated um yeah i, I feel pretty good about it so right now and i i miss probably about five six days just because of being sick, uh, so twelve hundred is is pretty good. I, I'm, okay. I'm I'm I feel good about where I'm at for the first three weeks. Let's put it that way. Excellent, right? Excellent. Yeah. Um, and the walking thing is just it's it's dead right now. Just it's so cold out there. It's hard. Yeah, right we we walked not this past Monday, but the Monday before, and it was probably a real feel of twenty degrees, and we did two miles, and we were just like, yeah. Yeah, we're not doing this. So <laughs> we're gonna try to get out there today. We're going to Maryland, um, and it's it's a it's a long trail uh, along the canal, the ch- a canal in the Chesapeake Bay. So we're gonna try to do three miles today. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But okay. We just can't right. get a consistent rhythm between being sick and then and it being pretty brutal out there. So. Yeah, spring will take care of that. Yeah, um, I, I, it's, it's a time. Yeah, we got another five weeks, six weeks before we hit March. So, I guess seven weeks before we hit March. So we'll see. Um, so we had a couple updates from the from the podcast. We're, we're not going to get into the Hall of Fame stuff because I'm going to deal with that on the walk off. But um, uh, Bob Freeze had mentioned about your save plus holds. What did you refer to it as? Solds or something like that. Sold. Yeah, sold. Um, yeah. You know, that's something I'm going to push for um, this winter meeting. Okay. Um, it, and, but he had mentioned that he doesn't think CBS will hold that. Oh. Mm. So I don't uh, You know I, what? I haven't, I, I haven't checked. That. Yeah. I'm sure okay. they have holds. In fact, I'm almost positive they have holds. They might not have one category, save plus holds. I don't, I don't know if we're going to have to 
if it would work out, we we create another category. I don't know if we I know if that's possible, but um, yeah. Anyway, it seems good like, for Bob for checking it out. Yeah, you have some you have some um, support on that. He also mentioned about the strikeouts minus the walks, which is available. Any thoughts on that? Um, no, I haven't really given it much thought. Um, interesting. So, so this would be a, a, a um, if you will, a bulk or accumulating category that would just be strikeouts minus walks and the, the highest number. Yeah. Is that what he's talking about? Yep. Okay. He says, oh. and he, he notes in here that it is available at CBS. Dang. Well, you know what? I think he's just nominated himself to be the website, the Bush, the CBS website king. Yeah. The fact checker. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, I've already asked him to fact fact check um, my website, so um, yeah, that would be perfect. All right, and, and I think he also pushed out um, re, uh, prices for players to be retained, like a retention. Yes, he sent yeah. out the retention. He sent yeah. out the retention list. Obviously, you know that will need to be fact checked. But he did a really nice job, and you know, a shout out to Bob for doing that. It's, it's a little disappointing in the fact that I've taken a look. And I, uh, I'm already going to start with that three-legged stool. I'm already going to be um, behind on retention. It looks bad for me already. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, and I haven't even looked at that. There's so many free agents out there still. And and we'll, but we'll get into that later. Um, hey, and just real quick. I, so I, you know, I have that uh, baseball Hall of Fame tracker that I, yeah. I, I look at it, you know, throughout the week. Um, so this is as of the 22nd, which is yesterday. And Bonds and Clemens both have the right percentage, so it's 77 and 76% right now. Um, but I don't think they're going to make it because they, they're only, they've only gained a couple votes from uh, last year's voters. So can, I, can you explain the Hall of Fame tracker and what that is? So it's a list of everyone that's eligible for the Hall of Fame. And this person breaks up the, the raw data into how many public votes they've got, how many anonymous votes they got, where they at percentage right now, what they actually need, the rest of the way to, to uh, get elected. Um, you know, they, like bonds and... Clements needs 73 and 74 percent of the remaining votes to to get in, which is 158 and 160 raw votes. Um, but he he has gained votes from returning voters and lost votes from returning voters, so he keeps track of that stuff. Um, it's it's pretty interesting, and then it lists everyone who has a public ballot who they voted. Gotcha. For. Yeah. So so uh, all right. So so the. The Hall of Fame, people that vote are, are writers that are in good standing that have, I guess, contributed to, to baseball in some fashion over, I don't know how many years to, to, to be an eligible writer. And you're saying that these are writers that have revealed their ballots, which you correct. don't have to do. No. Um, correct? You, no, you're not required to. Okay. All right. Well, the people should. So uh, I, I, are you suggesting that Bonds and Clemens may get in, or do you think it's going to be tight, or do you just think that the people that have not revealed their ballots are probably not going to vote for Bonds and Clemens? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't look like they're gaining 
votes from people who didn't vote for him last year. So uh, I, I don't I don't think they're going to make it. I think it's going to be really close, but I I don't think they're going to make it. There's only two days left. It's it comes out on the twenty fifth, I believe. Yeah, twenty fifth or twenty sixth, right? Yeah. So it's going to be close. Big Poppy's going to make it at eighty. He's at eighty three point five percent now. I, I I think he's probably going to make it. Um, Schilling dropped. He lost twenty three voters this year of of people that voted already. He's down to sixty percent. He he's not going to make it. Um, it looks like Ortiz is the Ortiz is going to get in. I'm not sure about Bonds and Clement's going to be close. And then, all right, we can talk no, about that on the, the next podcast. Yeah, there's no one in. else really close to that, and I, I think Roland lost votes too, which I don't understand. Mm. I, don't, I don't like, like I don't understand how you could vote for a guy last year and this year. You think, eh, I don't think he is. Like, I don't, I, I just don't get that. But whatever. Um, well, the only, the only thing I can say to that, the only way that can really be justified in my mind, is that I think on the ballot, you can only vote for up to ten people. Yeah, no, I get that. So if if the incoming class, if they feel that the incoming class um, is better than Scott Rowland, then he continues to drop on on those ballots. But that's the only way that I can imagine. Right. He hasn't played a game, so how could he have dropped based upon any kind of performance? And other than Ortiz, there's no one getting any votes in the incoming class. Uh, A-Rod is second with 40%. So it's not like anyone's taking votes from him. So I, I don't I don't understand it, but whatever, yeah, that, that's a that's a whole thing that that I can't stand even to, I I think it, it's mind boggling to me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we'll see this week who gets in, and then we we'll, we can discuss it next week. Um, yeah. So we hey, yeah, just just, just one more point um, with uh, Bob Freeze sending in some information to us. Um, he had talked about, uh, I, I guess we had challenged him because uh, as being the current holder of the Golden Monkey Award, yeah. we, we, we kind of challenged him. And his response was that he is taking the Golden Monkey Award seriously and that at this point he believes that Josh is, is in the lead for that, for just being himself. So that's from coming, Josh, that's just coming from, from Bob Freeze, not from me. So. That's horrible. I <laughs> yeah, you talk about pre-selection. That's a he's got a bias toward him. Yeah, that's a Bob. Just be just be patient, man. Just be patient. Let it ride out because it'll it'll create some anxiety too. Yeah. So, so Raj, this is part of your unintended consequences. Um, is that now uh, the golden monkey is going to be weaponized? It's, <laughs> it's weaponized. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, maybe it'll just go back and forth between those two. <laughs> <laughs> possible just out of spite i'm just gonna keep giving it to the next person yeah hey whatever um yeah, it was a, it was uh apparently it's well spent for 4.95 off a walmart website there, there you go, go. <laughs> uh and we talked about the bush league report that we had it out there and we will put it out there and um yeah that, that i think it's really cool if to take a look at uh the way that's especially the standings those final standings how they're handwritten it's so much different than hey, how we operate now. Hey, can I comment on that for a second? Because yeah. when I was going back, when I was going back in and looking at the 1984 Bush League report, and I, I want to thank Tom. He's the one that had 
sent that to me in um, PDF format. Um, Tom had won that year, and from reading it, I guess uh, I had tanked the last couple weeks of the season, so, so Tom came on and, and won at the end of the year. But I was going through people's rosters, and I came across um, on, on Bob Kirk's roster was a player by the name of Jack Semple. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Jack Semple at all? Uh, you know, I didn't remember him until I read that, and yes, I, I remembered him vaguely i remembered him as a player like i as soon as i heard that name i was like oh yeah he was a catcher and i i i couldn't remember who he played for though yeah he was a dodgers catcher and this was before we could actually make moves the only time we could make moves back in 1984 remember all this was done by hand was that if anybody got either traded to the american league yep or or they went on a 60-day dl yeah and i believe that bob had this Stay with Jack Fimple all year. So then Bob sent me his his Wikipedia page, and Jack Fimple was uh, he, he actually grew up in uh, Darby. There you go. See? Yeah, local yeah. guy. So yep. Yeah, and and then the other thing I noticed from just quickly scanning through the articles was that you drafted a player by the name of Dicky Thon. Remember that? Uh, he was a good player till about April eleventh yeah. when he got so, hit. So hit. what happened? What happened there? He got hit in the face with a pitch. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and if Dicky Thon, and I'm not using Dicky Thon as the reason why I finished last. Like if if that's my reason, that that's a, you, I had bigger problems. But because he was a good player, he wasn't a player that could carry a team. But he certainly was a he was. I, I felt bad for him. He's a good. He was a good little shortstop. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. And I think I had Tony Gwynn that year because I had a guy going to sixty day DL. That's not a bad pickup, is it? No. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. If you got time, take a look at it. There's some bad players. Um, <laughs> some bad players in there. And it's, I think it's funny is that there was only – I mean, there's less major league teams, but there was only five of us. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, baseball news. Uh, John Lester retired. Yeah. He got his 200th victory, um, which is the 200 is – the uh, the new three hundred, I guess, um, <laughs> in terms of victories. But uh, what did he win? Three World Series. Yeah, two with those socks and one with the Cubs. Yeah, so you know, a pretty nice career. Um, he ended with with, with the Cardinals. Um, what a, a a cancer survivor. And uh, that's right. Yeah. You know, I I didn't I, I wasn't a big John Lester fan. I didn't really follow him since the majority of his career was with the Red Sox, and then. You know, he, he moved over. I was traded to uh, the, the Cubs and, you know, the arch rival Cubs. So I really wasn't a big fan of his, um, but a really nice career. Yeah, he did have a good career. He was a good, he was a good pitcher. The thing I remember about Lester is he couldn't throw a pickoff throw. Yeah. Right? Well, well, aren't you surprised that more teams didn't really run on him? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he would run everyone. Just, yeah, run everyone. Unless it becomes, uh, sometimes, uh, like, big hitters don't like that. Don't like people at first base screwing stuff up. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes they're, yeah, they're uncomfortable with that. So um, it, maybe that was a reason. But, yeah, I, I would have taken a 10-foot lead just to, just to start off. 
just to get him to <laughs> even look at you, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lester had a good career. He was he was a good left-handed pitcher for um, for some teams. I forgot he he was in that Cespedes trade with Oakland. Yeah, you know what? Oakland fans, out. yeah, Oakland fans are still bitter about that because they got they got Lester um, for the playoffs that year, and he absolutely bombed in in the playoffs with with the Oakland A's. Well, they bombed because they were leading the division, ended up in a wild card, and lost. So, uh, yeah, they they had a big lead when they made that trade, and and um, yeah, they lost to Kansas City, so. That and that was the end of that, but yeah, it was it was probably the right move at the right time. It just yeah, it just didn't work out, man, for whatever reason. I I wonder if there's going to be um, a number of retirements coming up should this CBA um, unsigned CBA continue. Um, there might be some players that are a little bit older that we're hoping to maybe go one more year um, that may just find it easier just to retire at this point. Yeah, I guess the other guy that. That the Cardinals traded for that J.A. Happ, but he didn't retire yet, did he? No, nope, he's still out there. Yeah, is he a free agent or is he signed with them? That's that's a great question. I I, I think he's a free agent, and the Cardinals have not re-signed him at this point. So so he'll be hanging around, and, and probably I don't know. He's going to be what thirty nine this year. Um, he was able to kind of keep his career afloat with the, with the Cardinals had, had done a, a decent job posting a four ERA, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what this whole CBA does. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, he's definitely losing some steam here. Like he's, yeah, I don't know. All right. So he's a free agent right now. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a man. He made some money for just being a left-handed average pitcher. He's a man. All right. Um, yeah, and I don't think anybody else retired since last time we um, we talked. Uh, well, other than Buster Buster Posey was the oh, big one, but that was that was fairly early on. Oh, yeah, yeah Buster that's Posey. right. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about him. All right. Yeah, other than him, and yeah, I guess everyone else is gonna just kind of sit tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking about the the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, you had some notes. Did, did you have any thoughts on that, like a direction here? Are you Interesting. Are... So so Bill had texted me, I want to say a week or two ago, and said, what, is, what do I think the chances of the season starting on time? And, and two weeks ago, I gave it a 60% chance. Um, I, I think we're getting close to it being really dangerous to shortening or affecting spring training. At this point, um, the owners had made, uh, I guess, their first official offer to the players' union what, last week. Yeah. And the players are supposed to get back with a response this week. Um, I, 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 I'm, I, I feel bad because I continue to beat this drum, but I, I think that there's so much acrimony out there that I, I'm getting a bad feeling that the season is either number one going to, to, to be delayed as the owners continue to lock out the players. Or, number two, the, the players say, uh, well, number two, the owners could say, well, players, you have to go back under the old CBA and we'll continue to play baseball under that way, which the owner, excuse me, the players can then say, well, we're going to strike 
Or, number three, they can continue to play, earn some salary like they did in 1994, and then strike in the middle of the season once they've, you know, gotten a half year's worth or whatever, two months' worth of salary. Hmm. And which which way do you think it'll go? Um, I'm thinking that the owners are going to continue to lock out the players. Um, that's my feel. Until everything we're going to know, we're going to know soon enough in the next two weeks. By the time by by mid February, we're going to have a better idea. Yeah, so we're about a month away from the traditional report date for pitchers and catchers. About a month away. Um, yeah, we're getting dangerously close for the spring training thing. Yeah. Which I don't think players these days care. I I really don't think they care anymore. Because they work out on their own, they throw on their own, they hit on their own. It's not like the 70s where guys were working part-time jobs. Um, and they needed that to get into shape. So I I think the players are kind of indifferent about the spring training. I, I, I think if you ask players, I, I think the, the information that's out there is that they need maybe two to three weeks to get ready. Yeah. Now, okay. having said that, that's more for the everyday player. For, for pitchers, that's going to be a little bit more difficult um, to, to do. And, and obviously, the impact it's going to have on the Bush League, it's going to make things really, really difficult for us at, number one, at retention time, um, and then number two, uh, on draft day, if we still don't know when when the uh, season is going to, to start. So, I, don't, um, I, I don't know about pitchers. I mean, hell, they only pitch three and a half innings now. <laughs> well, actually, they'll go from five innings to from five and dive to Stop. three and a half and dive. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, they should be able to pitch three innings now. Yeah. What's your feel what's going to happen here? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to miss most of spring training and, and maybe have a week delay, but I, I think in the end, there's too much money involved, man. There's TV money. There's, there's way too much money involved. And I, I, you know, again, you have players on that, on the union that are making good money and, you know, they want to sit and they want to hold out and they want to do this, but. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't make that money. Well, and, we and talked about this in the last podcast, right? It's the guys um, making money the, deciding the player, the younger players, like, hey, just sit out. You know, it's better for you. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. But again, I, I, I'm in, I'm 23 years old. I got a shot to make a big league club. I don't, I don't care about 10 years from now. You know, I, I no, I, I do get that, and we, we we've talked about that in in, in the last podcast. You know. Um, over 60% of the players were making less than a million dollars. Yeah. And a lot of them were making the, the, the major league minimum. So, um, yeah, you, you bring up a really good point. It, you know, and, and the owners know that, right? They hope that there's some fracture in the solidarity of, of, of the players, and I'm sure they're going to push that. So it's going to become a, a, a test of, of wills, and um, I'm just not sure where this is going to head. I, I, I don't think they're going to get a – excuse me. I don't think the season may start on, on time. Will they get a full season in? That, that's to be decided. Yeah. Yeah, Bad, you, really. You, you're right. It, Mid-February, we'll get a better feel. But um, 
it, it may be delayed a, a couple weeks, but I, I, I think in the end, I, I, I think in the end we'll be okay. Man, I hope they don't go back and then do that same thing in 94. Like, I'll be pissed. I'd rather them to st- stick it out until they get a contract than do that bullshit. But, but okay, but let's, let's talk about that for a second, okay? So when you say stick it out, you're basically asking the players, don't take any salary until this is agreed upon. Well, As opposed like to what, it, it what the like players this... did in 94, they, they want to draw some salary because they don't draw a salary. They don't draw a salary in, in spring training, right? Yeah, That's where owners can make a little bit of money. Yeah, no, I understand that. But it's not like this thing popped out of nowhere. I mean, the last two years, they knew this was coming. Hell, you and I have been talking about it for two years. So are you suggesting that there should be some sort of war chest to tide people over that aren't getting salaries? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, that's what a union's for. Like, I don't want to hear the, you know, if, if they want, if the union you know, that small organization within the players wants players to sit out and not take salary, then, yeah, they should be responsible for some of that. I get it. And and that would be interesting to see, well, how much how much money would they be making? I mean, it would be, what, pennies on the dollar? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that Bonds got – remember remember in 94, Bonds got called into court because he wasn't paying child support. His child support was probably like a million dollars a month, but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So anyway, I like I I get the value of unions. I, I I get it. I get all that. But you know they should have responsibility for their members, not just to use them as pawns. Because you get on the owners sometimes about you know they're they're raking these guys from money early because they're getting performance without paying well the union as an organization ought to be responsible for their members too and not just use them as pawns so guys like john lester can make 17 million freaking dollars when he guy sucked his last year two years so so are you suggesting that there should be i i mean i'm, I'm sure that all these players pay dues are you suggesting that they have some sort of sliding scale um in terms of the amount of dues that they pay? Well, I, I don't, you know, of course I'm complaining without a solution. So <laughs> um, I just meant that if they're going to use the players as pawns, then then take care of your members. That's all I'm saying. That I, I don't know how they, they should do it. I don't, I don't, I don't think like, I, I'm not saying that I know that I have a solution, but I, I just meant that like, if, if you're going to, you know, tell them to sit out, then you need to take care of your members somehow. I don't know, pay their See, I, pay their medical insurance. Do something. Okay. So so, but for me, the issue still comes back to these the the, the owners that that have great great sums of money. We don't know how much money they're making because they won't open their books. So we can't assume that they're losing money. Is that it, it, until they tell me differently? Differently, they they just want to make more money than they already are, and you know it's. Like Hawkeye Pierce said on MASH, there's three basic human emotions. Greed, fear, and greed. Um, this is going to fall under the second greed. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and baseball better be careful because, number one, it's losing its status in the sporting world. And number two, you know, God forbid you have government authorities stepping in here and they lose their antitrust um, exclusion that sh- should have already been lost. 
So there's a lot for everybody to lose in it. So are you suggesting the owners should just give whatever the players want? I'm saying that they need to, to, to really think through this. And no, of course not give everything that they want. But listen, when baseball salaries, the average salary is going down over the last three or four years, while, while revenues were increasing in baseball, something's wrong there. Because people don't go to see to baseball game to see the owners. And, you know, if, if these owners don't want to spend money, you know, there's a lot of teams that aren't competitive, which makes the game really bad. If these owners don't want to be there, then find somebody else that will buy it. There's going to be plenty of people that want to buy these, these franchises. I agree they don't with that. need this money. Make yeah. it a competitive team. If you don't want to compete, get the hell out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. That there should be a minimum spending limit. I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of that. Yeah, I, I would love to see. I would love to see, and it's never going to happen. But I would love to see relegation. Get teams out of there. If, you, if you're not going to spend money on your team, get out and get somebody that will. Get owners. But out no, of there. they 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 can afford to do this because they can make money by losing. You talk about getting. I mean, owners. where where other business can you do that in? Yeah, no. But you're talking about getting owners out, not necessarily teams. Owners, yes. Yeah, yeah. But but it really punishes the team, right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, like we talked about the Pirates, because they draw when they're good. Yeah, yeah, I guess. What do you mean? They do. Remember we talked. Yeah, about but it. they haven't. They haven't been good. I, I mean, I they, they've had what two or three good years in, in thirty years, so it's really hard to tell. I no, I understand that. I, it gets goes to your point that like if you're if if you're not spending the money, they need to change the ownership of the yes. of the organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I don't sympathize with the, with the owners. It's very easy if you don't if you don't like it the way it is. Get the hell out. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just went on. I just really went on a tangent there. I was very passionate about. It's that. funny how we're, we're, we're the, we we look at this from two di- with two different lenses. Sometimes. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just making a note. That's all. No, no, no. So, so what, what's your lens? Tell tell articulate your lens. Well, I th- I think I did a little bit with the union thing, like I get the value of them, I I, I get it, I understand it, I, I think they can, it, it, unions have a tendency of making things inefficient. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. And and I I I don't know if I trust any union. I don't trust any of them. I'm not saying that they don't do good things. I just I. I lack trust in them. <laughs> well, I, I think part of that becomes, you know, if you traditionally look at, at unions, it's been a way for a lot of people really not to have to do any work and have the protection uh, of the union when, when, when things go bad, you know, for I don't know what percentage of people that use it for, you know, bad purposes as opposed to good purposes. Probably no different from general population. Yeah, it's a sample of the population. People. Yep. Yeah. People will manipulate stuff to benefit them. It's, yep. it's, it's human nature. There's nothing we can do about that. And yeah. you know what? We need to do that in, in terms of our performance in the Bush League. We need to manipulate things so that it, it helps us. Because based upon my performance last year, I certainly didn't do that. You need a better union rep. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. Know. So we'll ask one of the sure owners. You know what? Who would, be the, who would be the good union rep for the, for the Bush League? Who would represent us really well? 
You need someone cold and calculated. Okay, like Bill? Mm. You know who can be like that at times? Who? The Lakers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, he's very sm- – I've seen him in situations where he's he's a smart cat, man. And I've seen him – Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, <laughs> certainly not going to be me. And he can be cold and calculated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, – and I meant that as a compliment, Rick. I didn't mean <laughs> – <laughs> Please <laughs> – yeah. There's no other way he could take it. Because normally when, when I've seen him be like that, I've either laughed out loud or laughed inside, depending on how appropriate it would have been to react either way. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay, Rick Lake for a union boss. Yeah. And he probably hates unions worse than I do, but he's cold and calculated. He can be. He can be. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, this week in, uh, we, we do have a twib note here brought to you by Schaefer okay. Schaefer, the one beer to have. If you're having more than one, uh, Fatheads Brewery, have you ever had anything from there? I have, um, are, are they, where are they located? Are they located in Cleveland? I have no idea. All right. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I had a headhunter and it's, uh, described as a aggressively hopped West coast IPA. I have to ask Rick. What's the difference between a West Coast IPA? And I know a little bit of the New England IPAs, but I don't know what makes a West Coast IPA. Anyway, uh, 7.5% uh, ABV. Beer Advocate has a 96. I don't know if I'd go 96, but, it was, yeah, it was good beer. I, I enjoyed it, and it was hoppy. And it's interesting that I've been on this journey for the past year that I feel like the hoppier the beer, I feel like it's um, – it has some taste. It has some bite to it, uh, relevance as to why I should be drinking this thing. And I, I, I do enjoy the Fathead. Okay. So a couple things to that. Uh, Fathead Brewery is in North Olmsted, Ohio, which is a suburb of, of, of Cleveland. Um, yeah, Rick can do a, probably a really a much better job than I can about the West Coast uh, IPAs. But they're, um, um, I guess they're uh, overly hoppy. And um, they're they're backed by Tupac versus the East Coast ones, which is more biggie. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, Sorry, yeah, that, that's 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 my limits on uh, hip hop. Sorry. Thirty years, the people are still relevant. Yep. That's yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. 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 So it was a good beer. I had it Saturday before I got sick. So maybe that's what caused it. I don't keep going. Keep going with your beer. I like I like these. Uh, you know, this has been one of the favorites. Uh, if you ask the owners, they they love this this segment of the podcast. So uh, they like your uh, evolution, if you will, in in beer. And uh, you know, I I get a tear in my eye every time I hear you talk about beer now. So remember, I told you Christy got me this beer review logbook. Yeah. For Christmas, and I was and we we had a conversation about it around that time, and I was like, yeah. You know, I really struggle, you know, trying to verbalize what my palate tastes. And she she scolded me a little bit about that. <laughs> well, here's what I would say. Make sure you make proper entries. And at the end of next year, we're going to PDF a couple of those pages. And we're going to post them on the website. Yeah, I don't know if you can read my writing. I might actually have to type it up. But 
Yeah, right. she scolded me and said, no, you can't use that example. You can't use that excuse anymore. Just start describing what you see, what you what you feel, what you taste, the aftertaste, you know? Start with the color. Start with the foam. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I, I get that a little bit. And, of course, I just had another beer review, and I didn't articulate anything other than, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> hey, slow steps, man. You, you, the first step is uh, admitting you have a problem. So there you go. <laughs> well, my wife admitted that I had a problem. I don't know if I did that. All right, so you still need to work on step one. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so we had some uh, podcast corrections follow-up. So uh, last month, you literally, you just said off the top of your head, Bill running 1,000 miles in a year, it's like running from Mount Airy, Maryland to Ames, Iowa. And it turns out you were right on. It, Ames, Iowa from Mount Airy, Maryland is 971 miles away. Yeah, how do you like that piece of luck, right? That's not luck yeah, to say that. It's an educated uh, well, guess. You're smart. Well, you know, there's, there is a little bit of geekiness into that, right? Just assuming how far 1,000 miles was. But I, I don't know where I came up with, with Ames, Iowa. You know, maybe the true 1,000 miles is Ottumwa, Iowa, or something like that. I didn't really <laughs> check. But uh, I, I don't know if that's a podcast correction or more of a shout-out to myself for being so close. Let's call it a shout-out to yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, yeah, anyway, that was pretty damn good, though. So uh, we'll encourage Bill to get into what would be the next state. Uh, try and make it to maybe Omaha, Nebraska this year. Well, well, that's our challenge to him. Hold on. Uh, let me just stop you there. If you're, you're talking to me, which I'm an American, I have no idea about anything about geography. So, Are you serious? Well, Americans hey, historically don't know. Good. No. Uh-uh. No, no, no Americans are good at geography. I'm good at geography. Are you? I'm decent at geography, yeah. Well, you, well, you just Go went ahead. from ask good, the, hold on. Ask me the capital of Cleveland. You just went from good to decent in like three seconds. All right. So if I talked well, to you for wait. five more minutes, you would say, yeah, I'm probably not very good at geography. Uh, are, are you saying how good am I as an American relative to Americans? Yeah. Oh, I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm in the top 5% really? compared to Americans. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't take much, right? I mean, I can name all 50 I, – I could – all right. So if, if I gave you a blank map of the United States, yeah. could you could you put in all 50 states? No. Like, I could really? – ident- wait, I know what 50 states are, but once I get into that New England, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. And wow. I would wow. argue most Americans aren't that low – that don't live in that area. And the Midwestern states, I might – uh, I might be able to figure them out. So if that's the bar for geography for Americans, yeah, I'm in the top 5%, and then probably move myself in the top 2% because I think I know almost all of the state capitals and those cities around and could probably name all those. But I, I don't think that's all that difficult, but I guess it is. I think it's more difficult than you think. All right. All right, so maybe I'm just a, um, a geographic geek. Maybe, you have, Maybe I'm somewhere on the spectrum. You have you have geographical hubris. <laughs> well, I certainly have hubris, which I used to have in the Bush League, but that's long since gone over the past two years. Ever since you've been hanging out with me every week. That's yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know what? Rick had something to that. I'm closing in on his, uh, was it, uh, 10,000 hours. Yeah, brother. All right. Uh, today, baseball history. So Hall of Fame inductees Bob Feller and Jackie Robinson went in today in 1962. 
Joe Medwick went in today in 1968, which I think is a little that, that took him a long while to get in there. Uh, Ralph Kiner went in today in 1975, and Willie Mays in 1979. Okay, so let's let's hang there for a second. Were Feller, Robinson, and Mays first ballot inductees? Yes. Okay. All right. And, and I just read a book last year about the 1946 Cleveland Indians, um, which part of it was a focus on on Bob Feller. Yeah. And I. I I, I forgot how young he was when yeah. he started his career. Yep. And really good. Really, really good. Obviously, he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he served. And, he had military service, too. So he missed three years. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, yes he did. And and Willie Mays, it's argued by some, if they say the best players of all time, he's certainly one of the top three choices, right? I think you could argue that Willie Mays should be in that conversation, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's funny that, he, you know, he wasn't an anonymous voter, and you think, like, well, who the hell didn't vote for Willie Mays? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> this is like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Um, 1981, the Red Sox failed to mail contracts to Fred Lynn and Carlton Fisk by the deadline and effectively making them a free agent. The unions argued that they would they should become free agents, which that's a good argument. Um Lynn was that he Lynn was traded to the Angels before the union argued that he was a free agent uh, and he he agreed with the trade and he signed a four year deal with the Angels. So uh, the Red Sox got Joe Rudy and Frank Tanana back and uh, Fisk signed he Fisk went to arbitration and he signed a contract with the White Sox and finished out his career like 11, 12, 13 years later. So a couple of things to that. Number one. Was that just a failure by the Red Sox, or did they intend to to not offer those contracts? Well, I guess you, you know? I, I guess you you don't really know motive. It sounded to me like a, it was a mistake because they they traded Lynn before it got back. Okay, you know what I mean. And yeah, yeah. And thing number two, isn't Fred Lynn a friend of the Bantam Roosters? <laughs> oh yeah, I met him once, and uh, I loved yeah. Fred Lynn, man. I love that guy. I thought he had the, one of the sweetest swings in baseball, and you know, a couple nagging injuries, but um, I thought he—I thought he was a really good player. I love that guy. Nice. Yeah. Um, which is really kind of weird for being a kid in the '70s and '80s and liking an American League player as much as I did, because I rarely got to see him play other than Saturday, correct? Monday and the All Star game. Um, right. Yeah. But, yeah, he was the MVP and Rookie of the Year in 1975. And I probably started watching baseball then. Like, I, I, I watched some of that World Series. You know what I mean? That was kind of like my start of watching baseball and remembering it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, and he, he never got – I don't think he ever got back to the series. I don't yeah, think he did. No, he, he, uh, he won the – he won the 1982 uh, AL Championship Series MVP, but, of course, they lost to the Angels that year. Wow. He hit 6-11 in that five-game series. Good for him. 11 hits. So so I'm looking at, um, right now, as you probably are, Fred Lynn's career statistics. Yeah. He, had a, he had a career 8.45 OPS and a 129 OPS plus. I, I, I guess I thought his career had kind of trailed off pretty quickly 
after the Red Sox years, but no, he still had a lot of productive years in, in California. He did. He just couldn't play a whole season. Like yeah. he, If you look at the games, he's, he just did. He, I don't think he ever played 162 games. And, and not surprisingly, it looks like his career best year was at the age 27 year. Yep. Yeah, he led the league in batting average, slugging percentage, OPS. Yeah, he had yeah. a really good year. 147 games, 39 homers, 122 ribs. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, and you, So look at that, Jamie. You look at that year. He had 622 plate appearance, struck out 79 times. Yeah, that was probably high back then, right? I mean, that's what 13 percent of the time now. Most people, if if you only strike out 13 to 14 percent of the time, that's that's elite. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was probably elite back then. Yeah, that, but anyway, um, and then Frank Tanana, I used to like Frank Tanana too. He was that guy that remade himself, like Tommy John did. Because Tanana used to be that flamethrower with the Angels, and then he he got those arm injuries, and he kind of worked it out and. Actually, had pretty good years with the Tigers later in his career. So I'm going to paraphrase uh, a quote, and, and I hope I do it justice here. But Frank Tanana said he was a player that in the 70s could throw in the 90s, in the 80s he threw in the 80s, and in the 90s he threw in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably a good description. Yeah, yeah. But, he... but think about that. That that that's that's probably normal for pitchers and to be able to, to, to hang on when you're throwing in, you know, that low velocity um, means you've become a real pitcher. And the person I think about that leaps to mind like that is Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Wainwright, Jamie Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Moore is a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he was a fun pitcher to watch, especially when he was with the angels and him and Nolan Ryan would, man, you had to face those guys two nights in a row. That was a rough night. It was a rough two days. All right. Yeah. Um, what are you walking off with? Well, first of all, I want to tell the listeners I apologize. I'm a little bit rusty here because, you know, we've been doing podcasts every um, every month now for, um, what, three months. So when you do it, three podcasts in 12 weeks or something, you get a little rusty. We'll get back into the, uh, the swing of things. But I'm, I'm going to continue on my CBA uh, rant here um, to walk off with. And, you know, I see it that the window is closing on having a full um, Major League Baseball season. And if Major League Baseball, between the owners and the players, if they can't agree on playing a full season, which means that, you know, hey, if they start late, they need to finish, um, I'm okay uh, right now with baseball just shutting down for a year if they can't get to a whole season. And I know that sounds you know, like sacrilegious to us baseball fans, but and I'm probably speaking more because I'm just pissed off about this whole situation. All right. Um, yeah, and I, Thoughts? I... Well, my original, my first thought is you, and I'm not being critical of you, it's just something that I, I think That's okay. you, you, you would agree be. with. I think you side on the pessimistic side of things at times. And I'm not. I'm not saying that you're not right. Um, I, I'd like to give it some time before, before I get to where you are. You know, with this CBA, I I agree with you. So we're, what? We're what would be your date to get to where I am? 
if we were aware and, and no baseball. Fe- middle of March, middle of April, May. Middle of February. Middle of February? Wow, so that's going to be coming up soon. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised. I think I, I'm a, I would start leaning towards that. Like, if there's nothing going on, radio silence, then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would lean more toward. Okay, wow. At. But right now, I, I mean, I could be a little more overly optimistic to, to your overly pessimistic. There's perfect balance. Yeah. So somewhere is in between. That's normal. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I'm not there yet, but it's something I think about, though. And I did not like that you pointed out that there's no active players on the Major League website, MLB website. Yeah, everybody just check it out. It's just, it's just very telling, that's all. Yeah, it's interesting. So, all right. Um, hopefully we won't, we won't have – hopefully we'll, we'll both be a little more optimistic when our, our next podcast comes out. Yeah, like, well, maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just grumpy by nature. <laughs> I don't think you're grumpy. I just think you look at it from a <laughs> pessimistic view. Yeah, you te- you side toward that. Going you that you, you realize you you realize all this started the acrimony. My acrimony really started in the 2020 season when they were arguing about how much they should pay players during COVID, where they should only pay them 40 percent but have them play at 60 60 percent of the season or something like that that's where it all started that's where all this started to brew and just started heading down to a bad place i remember yep okay yeah and i i agree with you and when you when you pointed that out i was like oh yeah that's 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 bad optics right there yeah and here we are what are you walking off with all right so i talked about it last week uh the case for jimmy rounds right Uh, to be in the hall of fame and i sent you a spreadsheet of some data just to kind of give us some perspective here. Okay. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead you down a road. All right. So we're, we're going to start with. So I looked at the six shortstops that are his contemporaries in the hall of fame. And that's Larkin, Alan Trammels, Ozzie Smith, Robin Yount, Derek Jeter and Cal Ripken. Right. So they're okay. his contemporaries that are in the hall of fame. I didn't include Louis Aparicio and, I just didn't include those guys. I, I looked at, all right, let's look at the game right now, right? All right, that's fair. Okay. So you have the top four with is basically Smith, Yount, Jeter, and Ripken. And if you look at the offensive stats, the counting stats, and the percentage stats, Yount, Jeter, and Ripken are far above Smith, Trammell, Larkin, and Rollins. Okay, this is – they're they're in a different stratosphere uh, offensively, and it, okay. there's there's no question. I mean, they, they they're first and second in every offensive category except for uh, stolen bases, triples, and OPS. They're the only three categories that Yount, Gina, Ripken aren't first and or second. Okay, of these six. Yep, of these six. Seven, seven. Yeah, seven to include Rollins, all right? Yeah. So, offensively, Yount, Jeter, and Ripken, they're, they're, they're way better offensively than, than all the other guys we talked about. Defensively, it's Ozzie Smith. Uh, and I, I have fielding percentage chances, range factor per nine innings, gold gloves, 
uh, defensive war. It, it, he's far and above everyone in that group. And really, um, Yelp, Jeter, and Ripken are second and first in the other type of categories. Defensively, okay. the only Rollins is first in fielding percentage of short, shortstops among that group. Okay? His range factor mm-hmm. is much lower than Ozzy Smith, but the balls that he got to, he picked up and threw, threw the guy out. So, uh, fielding percentage among shortstop, Rollins is fourth all time. So, it's a stat, and it, it counts for something. Right? So, yeah. All right. So, my thought is that um, – Yelp, Jeter, Ripken, Smith, you really can't compare Rollins to them because Larkin and Trammell don't even hold up to those guys. Like, they're not close. So you break it down to Rollins, Larkin, and Trammell, right? His real contemporaries of, all right, let's see how he matches up with Larkin and Trammell, who are both Hall of Fame shortstops. When you look at the offensive counting categories, at-bats, runs, hits, doubles, triples, homers, and stone bases, Rollins has more than all of them and played less years. So, again, they're counting stats. They're not percentage stats. So, it's a little different. But, yeah, he's third in RBIs. He has 936. Larkin has 960. And Trammell has 1,003 RBIs. So, he's not that far off. All right, close enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You get into the OPS, and Rollins has a 743 OPS, which is – third among those three uh, Larkin has an 815 which kind of stuck out a little bit that's that's pretty strong for him um, and Trammell's pretty average at 767 so you know it, the one thing that sticks out to me that Rollins wasn't as as effective as he has 400 more strikeouts than the other two he's <laughs> Rollins struck out 1200 times and the other two a, a little over 800 so that's a big difference and that might account for some of that OPS number because all those at bats, he didn't get any, any points at all to go into his OPS. Um, right, right. Yeah, you look at the fielding. Again, Rollins is, has the highest fielding percentage at 983. Um, Larkin and, and Trammell are in the 970s, which is which is still pretty solid. Uh, range factor Rollins is less than the other two. Um, Rollins and Trammell have won four Gold Gloves. Uh, it sticks out a little bit with Larkin has a 68 offensive war, which is which is pretty damn good, and he leads those three. And Trammell leads the defensive war with a 22. Um, and then, of course, Rollins and Larkin both won an MVP, and Trammell did not. Uh, but he's gotten more years with an MVP vote than the other, the other two. So when you look at uh, Rollins against those two, Larkin and Trammell, he, he makes a good case here when you compare them to all three of them. You drop it to Rollins and Larkin. Um, again, you know, R- Rollins has more runs, hits, doubles, triples, homers. He's he's 30-some behind in, in RBIs. He's got more stolen bases. He's got a higher fielding percentage. Uh, and he's got a higher defensive war than Larkin. So if you, if you look at war as – a, a significant indicator. He he's, could argue he's a better shortstop. And then when you look at Rollins and Trammell, Trammell's a little closer to him. 
he's a little more comparable is that if you if you looked at the stats side by side, you could say, all right, there's some things that Rollins does better than Trammell, and there's some things that Trammell does better than than Rollins. So when you look at Rollins against Smith, Yount, Jeter, and Ripken, it, he's not comparable to those four, and I would never compare him to those four. But when you look at it against Larkin and Trammell, he's got a case, man. He, he's 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 got a case to get some Hall of Fame votes if those two guys are in. Wow. Um, first of all, um, I, I I like your case and your analysis, and and I would love maybe somewhere down the road if you could do something similar to um, I like the fact that you're comparing them to the contemporaries because that's the way you have to do. But I'd also like to see this with um, uh, Scott Rowan because I'd be very interested. Um, having done this analysis, um, do you think that Jimmy Rollins will be able to stay on the Hall of Fame ballot? Well, he'll stay on the ballot. He's not going to. Okay. Yeah, he he he's got enough votes to stay on the ballot. Okay. Yeah. Now it's not a very good showing for the first year. It's like twelve percent. Um, but he he's he's got enough votes to stay on. All right. And, and then well, the, the other so, thing that that I didn't bring up that I can't measure. It's it's. I can't quantify is the effect he had on his team. I don't know Lark. I didn't follow the Reds. I certainly didn't follow the Tigers. Um, I I would argue that Rollins being a Philly fan and following it had a significant effect on those five division title winners. Yeah. Yeah. And in all of these, all of these seven that you mentioned here, all one world series, right? No, Robin Yount did not. Oh, right. 82. That's right. They was in the World Series, but they lost the Cardinals. Right, right, right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, and that, and, that, and I didn't count that too much because that's not necessarily his fault. Sure. Yeah. No, but, but, you know, in terms of leadership and being on good teams, that type of thing, um, I, I think all of them had a strong influence on that. So, yeah, that's I, I, I like this analysis. And – for anybody that's interested in the analysis that Roger has just done, I will post this to the website. So, you know, please keep checking back for website updates. This is really good. How long did this take? Um, I don't know. Not that long. Hour. Okay. I mean, right. I, I already did you do it during have... a work day or did you do it on your time off? Off the record? <laughs> oh, the... I guess we're on the record. You don't record. have to answer that question. My time off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it did show me one thing that Yount, Jeter, and Ripken, those three are in a different world, man. Like, I don't want to hear anybody offensively, t- any shortstop. Those three are and, – and Ripken surprised me even in his, in his fielding. Of course, I couldn't break it down into – he played third base a little bit too. But, um, yeah, he's, he's got a really good fielding percentage for being a shortstop and not known to be in a really – you know – he may you wouldn't compare him to Ozzy Smith. Uh, I agree. I, I'm surprised when I look at that defensive war of 35.7. I'm shocked it's that high. Yeah. Yep. So the other thing that stuck out is how many times Jeter struck out. 1,800 times. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Wow. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah. And Ozzy Smith's OPS was really bad. 
altering. Yeah. But that's not what he got paid for. So, you know, whatever. He didn't get paid to do that. Got paid to steal bases and pick up the baseball. And that's what he did. Yeah. So, well, anyway. That's, that's a very nice analysis. Um, good job by you. Yeah, I think you so, can make the case for him. I think you make the case for Jimmy Rollins. I like it. You, you, you know what? I, I think you should tweet at him and let him know. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we'll have to have somebody on here that's an expert in terms of any kind of social media, not that we're social media types. Yeah. So. So. All right. So what's next up for us on the podcast? Uh, next up is, jeez, February 6th. Yeah. So we'll be on February right. 6th. Yep. I would encourage everybody to let us know um, where you would like to meet um, on March 5th for the winter meetings. Start thinking about topics for the um, winter meetings. Um, I would certainly be happy to post any kind of articles that you may have, whether it be about uh, the winter meetings, anything you want to, to talk about, um, any information that you have. Be happy to put it out there. And we want rule changes ahead of time. Yeah, I, I think I've already gone on record so that I will not vote for any kind of rule change um, the day of. Um, no, like we um, want the winter meetings. Yeah, we want like even when when you and Bob talk about save and holds, like that's just because you bring it up doesn't mean it's socialized. Like I kind of you know put something together to to tell me why. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll do. All right, uh, it's February sixth, and then uh, you know we'll. we'll We'll get a somewhat of a feel where we're at with the CBA. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Hall of Fame, and I think Bonds and Clements actually have a shot here. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see next week. Anything else? All right. That, that's all for me, Chief. You take care. All right, champ.